Welcome to the Harley Rabbit. I'm Harley, your hostess for the evening. Can I take your coat? Thank you. Please follow me. Sit down, please. It's a little loud in here, isn't it? That's better. It's so fun to explore your kinks. You can learn so much about yourself. And that's why Slade and I built this place. It's kind of like a virtual secret cinema where you get to experience all kinds of BDSM fantasies, all from the privacy of your own headphones. We chose audio as our platform because just like reading a book, you get to imagine all the details exactly as you like them. You can even imagine yourself in the story. Also with audio, we can add lots of immersive details. For example, a knock at the door, a passing car, It's these details that make the experience feel like it's happening around you, not just on a screen. So come check it out. You can listen to some fantasies for free, or you can use the code INTOIT at the checkout to get 25% off a paid fantasy of your choice. Find us at harleyrabbit.com and see where the rabbit hole takes you. Turns out I'm into it. Into it. Hey, hey, friends, it is Harley Rabbit here, back with another episode of Turns Out I'm Into It, the show all about helping you discover your kinky self and live your best sex life. I have a very exciting episode for you guys today because I had a pretty good weekend. I got to tick off a major fuck it list item. Um, which was to have a MMF threesome, something I haven't done before, something I've been wanting to do for so long. Um, spoiler alert, it was awesome. Um, so I can't wait to tell you guys all about those details um, and just have a bit of a chat about threesomes, why they're so popular. It, it is actually the most common fantasy um, among lots of different groups of people. Um, I'll talk more about that in just a moment. It feels a little bit self-indulgent to be telling you guys um, about my experiences, like personal experiences. Um, but I think a big part of this podcast, or hopefully what I'm trying to do with it, is to normalize a lot of this stuff um, and give you a, a real picture of what it looks like. Like I, this isn't like the the fantasy version or the the porn version. It's the real version with that includes real people with real feelings and um yeah I'm just hoping to um make it feel a little bit more like something any of us can do um and it isn't reserved for just a certain class of people who are especially beautiful or especially confident it's something that anyone can do if they choose to but before I jump into all this juicy stuff um I wanted to do a quick announcement um, I learned the other day that the ratings, the star ratings on podcasts, this is for Spotify and Apple podcasts, those are actually anonymous. So I know I don't really push people to give me reviews because I know um, due to the space that I'm in, people are very private um, and they might want their name on a review for a kink podcast, which is totally fair enough. If that doesn't bother you, please, please, please give me a review. It actually makes a huge difference. Um, 
But I learned the other day that the star ratings are anonymous on both Spotify and Apple. So if you're listening on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts right now, do me the biggest favor and just hit that star rating. Give me a five star if you think I deserve it. Um, Those actually really help a podcast like mine grow. At the moment, this podcast is only very small. Um, I'm getting like, I don't know, maybe 25 listens per episode. So if you're one of those 25, you are one of the OGs who are supporting this podcast and I really appreciate you. Um, And hopefully when those numbers are in the thousands, you can claim that you are one of the original people listening and who helped it grow. All right, so why is it that threesomes are so popular? They are such a popular fantasy among so many of us humans. I'm actually reading a book at the moment called The Erotic Mind. Um, And in this book, I'll I'll link it in the show notes if you're interested. It's actually a really good read. Um, But in this book, he talks about this study that he did, um, like a a sexual, sexual health survey. No, it wasn't health sexual something survey. It's about um, eroticism, basically. So uh, what turns us on is what he was studying. And in this survey, he found that across the board, there was lots of different groups, didn't represent everyone, but um, in the study, it was straight, gay and bisexual men and women. But across all of those groups, having multiple partners was the top fantasy for everyone. Now, this does not actually surprise me that much. I think most of us have fantasized about that situation, you know, here and there um, or all the time, but shh. Um, So I thought it would be interesting to have a look at why that is, because as we know, sexuality and, and what turns us on is very unique from person to person. And it's rare that something is so universal across the board, especially through out different um, genders and sexual orientations. So what is it about a threesome that is so damn hot for all of us? Most of us, I should say. So I've got a list of reasons here, and this is absolutely not comprehensive. There's going to be a million more, but I feel like these are some of the common ones. I think most obviously, if you're having a threesome with uh, two partners who are of the sex that you enjoy, that you're attracted to, Um, so for me, that would be men. Um, when there's two of those partners, this is really amplifying those physical things that you're attracted to. So it's kind of like a supercharged experience where the things you turn, the things that turn you on are doubled effectively. And there's more of that to go around. That's going to be even more exciting and arousing for you. If you're into masculine shoulders and big hard cocks and um I don't know the smell of male sweat fresh sweat like those are things that turn me on so if there's more of that in the room I'm going to be pretty happy about it obviously that will depend on the gen- the gender you're into um so for women it might like for if you're attracted to women um more breasts more curves more asses So obviously having more of what you're into in the room is going to turn that dial right up. I think the second most obvious thing is to be extremely desired. Now, being desired can be a few different things. Like you can desire someone in in different ways. Um, So for some people, that feeling of being desired might be about having 
all of your sexual needs fulfilled. You've got two people waiting on you, ready to please you. Or it could be, this is the way that I enjoy desire. Um, It's like that, how do I describe this? So I'm really into being objectified. So if I've got two men desiring me in a, like a lustful objectification way, it's almost like a, um, this is going to sound really bad, but um, like a gang mentality, like they lose all control and it's like this gang or pack or they're just so hungry for you that they're going to take you right now and not give a shit about anything else. Like that, that's the, the kind of thing that turns me on um, about being desired. Number three, I have compersion. So compersion is a word um, coined by the poly community and it's about the joy of seeing your partner with someone else. So you're watching them having a great time uh, with another person, another partner, um, having them please each other and seeing them happy and enjoying someone else is really fun or even sexy for you. Number four, it kind of takes the pressure off. So if you've got another helper, another person in the room that's helping you please your partner, you don't have to take on all of that responsibility of making them, um, like pleasing them. You might be able to just relax a little bit more, maybe enjoy the show here and there. It's not all up to you to please them in that situation. So that takes the pressure off and might actually help you relax and enjoy yourself more. Lastly, I've got good old exhibitionism. Um, I'm a massive exhibitionist myself. So the idea of having two sets of eyes or more on my body at the same time is pretty fun for me. All right. So there you go. There's uh, just a couple of reasons why I think threesomes can be so enjoyable and why they're such a popular fantasy. But by no means is this a complete list. Um, If you can think of any more reasons why you enjoy a threesome or you would enjoy a threesome, um, let me know. Let me know on FET or through my website. I'd love to add to this conversation. As I mentioned in the intro, the idea of having a threesome or just group sex really um, is something that I've fantasized about for as long as I can remember. Um, I think some of my more elaborate fantasies and involve giant gangbangs. Um, for me, my in my sexy brain, the more the merrier. Sounds sounds great for me. But in reality, we understand that reality is not the same as a fantasy. Um, I thought I might need to work my way up to a full gangbang and maybe start with uh, just having a second, uh, sorry, a third person in the room. I've had threesomes in the past with other women um, which are really fun, but given that I am unfortunately very straight, the fun of having a threesome with another woman is more about, for me personally, um, is more about seeing the man in the equation get really excited. Cause I get really turned on by seeing other people get excited. Um, so if I can see him really enjoying himself, having two women at his disposal, that's really fun for me. But in terms of a like a sexual thing, I'm not attracted to women in that way. So this whole having two guys thing was a completely new experience. To be honest, I had some reservations. Something that came up for me that I wasn't expecting was 
I suddenly started thinking about um, this is way before anything happened. This is when we, uh, Slater and I were first talking about it um, and starting to plan how we could make it happen. Um, I remember suddenly having this feeling of being really unworthy. And this is like a self-conscious thing. Like it felt really self-indulgent to ask two men to play with me. And I had this feeling of like, oh, what makes you think you're hot enough or good enough to deserve two men? Shitty thoughts, right? But that was something that came up for me that I needed to be really aware of because if I started having those thoughts um, interrupt me in the moment, it could potentially really ruin the experience for me. So that was something that I made both Slade and this other partner aware of prior to um, and let them know that a good way of helping me get over those anxieties is to to be reassured that they're both really um, enjoying themselves and um, having a good time because I think if I get the if I get it in my head that they're not really that into it I'm going to start going oh my god I'm not good enough I'm not um, you know they're bored with me or whatever those awful thoughts that jump in your head so I let both partners know that that was a potential hazard that um, I was hoping they could help me with and they did which is great but I think when you're planning something like this, it's really good to be like have that self-awareness of where your potential triggers might be. We don't always know. Sometimes these come these things come up out of the blue. Um, but yeah, have a think about what could potentially throw you off and make sure you let your partners know. Another really important thing is to make sure you choose the right person. So you want to make sure that this third person that you're inviting, um, is someone you can trust, obviously someone that you feel attracted to. That's important. Um, but also someone who is not too vulnerable. I think, I, I think if you're, especially if you're a couple and you're inviting a third, um, you, there's this tendency to just think of them as like, literally like an object. It's like, oh, that's the person that's going to come in and fulfill our threesome fantasy. Um, but it's really important to remember that they are a human being with real human feelings and they're coming into the, uh, another couple's bedroom. So really important to make sure that they are feeling valued and that their needs are getting met and their boundaries are being respected and that they're um, feeling emotionally stable enough to handle that situation because it is um, – it can be really full on to put yourself in that situation. You definitely don't want to set something up like this with someone who's wanting to maybe become part of your relationship, unless that's what you're wanting. If you're looking for um, a poly type arrangement, then go for it. That's great. Uh, But for Slade and I, that was definitely not what we were after. We wanted someone who could come in, have a lot of fun that we could feel really relaxed around and (laughs) who could like we weren't sure what was going to happen it could have been a complete disaster so we wanted someone who would be fine with that as well before I keep going with this story um just a little side note I've made a decision with this podcast that anytime I'm telling stories about kinky play that I've had with people outside of Slade that I will always use a anonymous name even if they've given me permission to use their FET name in the show um I just think it's better for this podcast to keep everything as anonymous as possible. So for 
purposes of this story, I've chosen the name of our friend to be Richard because Richard the <laughs> third, and I think I'm hilarious. So Richard came around uh, to our place in the afternoon, like late afternoon. We decided we want to have to have a couple of drinks and a bit of a chat beforehand, um, which I think is always very helpful. So we did that, had a good chat, um, just got, you know, comfortable with each other. And then um, the conversation really naturally progressed from chit chat to, all right, we know what we're here to do. Let's talk about, um, you know, uh, boundaries and expectations. Always good to have that conversation. So safe words, obviously, uh, hard limits. And I want to say expectations. For me, it was that there wasn't really any expectations. I just wanted to take the pressure off. This was a first experience for all of us and I had no idea how that was going to go. So I just wanted to give it a go and see what happens. Once that conversation was had, it was basically time for me to go um, get my collar. This is just part of my ritual of getting in the right headspace to put my collar on. Oh, I got a, I've, I've got a steel collar and cuffs, which this was the first time I'd actually worn them. And I'm, I'm going to do a podcast episode just about collars in a couple of weeks because I, f I felt like when this one arrived, like I've always wanted a steel collar. Um, when this one arrived, it was so perfect and it fit me perfectly. And I was just oh, so excited. Um, but that's the story for another day. So I went and got my collar, um, we were hanging out in the in the living room and Slade collared me and that was kind of my – marks that transition from going from my um, my everyday me who's very much in control uh, to where I'm – it's that moment of power exchange. Once I'm collared, I'm now sub Harley, right? So I got the collar on, put the cuffs on, um, Slade stripped me naked and told me to go into the bedroom and get in my cage which we had discussed this prior um, as the best way for me to get into my subby headspace. So I was really excited about that. So I went off. Um, well, they, they came in, into the bedroom and put me in there, which was very fun. And then they left me in there for, I don't even know how long it was, but it was the perfect amount of time for me to be able to get settled, get into my sexy headspace. Um, I loved the idea of being caged in the bedroom while listening to two men have a casual chat in the living room, drinking a few beers. Ugh, so hot. Um, it's all about that setup. I've talked to you guys about that psych psychological side of kink that's so important to me. And this really set the perfect dynamic for this experience. I wanted to feel very much like the caged plaything and really give up all my control. Um, because that's what works for me. But for someone else, it might be a completely different dynamic. Maybe you want to, um, if, you, if you're if you into feeling really close and intimate, maybe you all want to jump in bed and watch a movie together and start getting a bit more comfortable with being physically close and let things escalate from there. Maybe you want to be in bed with a, a glass of champagne and a, a um, I don't know, a plate of fruit and call your your bitches in to come and please you. Maybe you want to feel like the king um, or you could reverse those genders. Maybe if you're a domain, you like being in control, 
you know, you might want to whistle and fetch your male subs to come in and please you. So there's lots of different dynamics for a threesome. For me, being a total um, sub and loving to be objectified, being caged and alone for, it was probably maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15. That just really put me in that perfect headspace. Eventually the boys came in the room and I was, because I'm such a C&C sub, I thought I'd want to be all like a bit scared and a bit timid, but I was so goddamn excited. <laughs> I was just smiling like, yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Um, so they got me out and there was this moment that I think really helped me where Slade just said, he got me out and then he sat on the bed and said, time to please our guest. And that was really a signal of Slade's comfortable with this. He's not feeling jealous. He's ordering me to please our friend. Um, And just that little moment really put a lot of those anxieties to bed. I will say here, I mentioned before that something I was really worried about was feeling unworthy and, um, you know, not good enough. And I'd made this decision that this is a rare opportunity. It's something that I really want. And for the next hour or whatever it's going to be, I'm not listening to that voice. I am leaning wholeheartedly into my, into all those, the parts of me that want this and are excited about this. What I really did was give myself permission to enjoy it. And that really helped me. I also rationalized that because I knew that both the boys were a bit nervous about it as well. And I think the best thing that I could do for them would be to show them how much I was enjoying myself because they would find that hot um, and it would help them relax. So I had very solid reasons for giving myself that permission to have fun and enjoy this. I remember there was this moment where I had both the boys standing in front of me and I'd, I've seen this in porn so many times because it's, it's what I fantasize about. And I've seen, like, I'd imagine myself being the woman in the porn um, with the, the guys standing around her with their dicks out. And I just was thinking to myself, oh my God, it's finally happening to me. I'm getting to experience this. And I was so excited and so happy about that. I felt like a freaking porn star. Super fun. It felt really freeing. And I was really proud of myself for making this happen because I don't know about you guys, but I really feel like women are taught that we're not supposed to enjoy this. We're supposed to hate porn. We're supposed to look at porn and think that it's completely degrading to women. It's turning us into sex objects. And we as women do not approve of this. And that's always been really frustrating for me because I love it. It's what turns me on. It's what I enjoy. It makes me feel alive and, you know, nothing could be more exciting for me. So to have that moment of confirmation that, yeah, I'm fucking right. I knew I would like this and I really do. That honestly made me feel proud of pushing myself and making this happen and trusting myself that this was something that I wanted to do. As this is a pretty personal topic, I don't think it's appropriate to go into too much detail on a podcast, um, but I will record a backstage video um, for those of you who are interested in learning a bit more about those details, um, and you can access that through my website. 
harleyrabbit.com afterwards. Now, we obviously had a great time um, and eventually it came to a natural close. Slade knows me and knew that putting me in my cage again would feel like a way to signify that was the end and let me cool down a little bit and come back into my normal Harley headspace. So he did that um, and the boys went out in the living room and he gave me my phone so I could text him when I was ready to come out. I think he also, he also gave me a yogurt, which was a nice touch because he knew that I would be hungry. When I was ready, I texted Slade. He came in to get me, um, to come in and give me a big cuddle, a bit of aftercare, check in with me, see how I was doing. Um, and up until this moment, I was doing great. But when I got up and after that whole experience, I started to feel really faint and not well. And I know that I had had in my in my nervousness, I'd had more drinks beforehand than I intended to. So bit of advice there. Um, alcohol, I think, is a really good like it's good for calming the nerves a little bit, but it's very easy to overuse it for that because you're nervous. And you're like, no, nah, more, more. I'll have another one. And this is helping. I'll have another one. Um, and next thing you know, it, it can be too much and, and actually takes you out of the experience a little bit. So I was feeling a bit more drunk than I thought I was, which then I was starting to feel a bit embarrassed about, a bit self-conscious about. Um, and given that I was physically exhausted because it was a lot of work and also feeling quite emotionally vulnerable with a little too much booze on top meant that I started to feel kind of, uh, I guess, overwhelmed. And I was okay. I knew I was okay. But um, in that moment, I really needed a solid cuddle and um, some taking care of. So Slade, when I was ready, he took me out to the living room and we had a chat to Richard. And I think Richard could see that I was um, feeling really tired and just needed a cuddle and to go to bed. Um, so he left and we touched base later when I was feeling a bit more, more like myself, which was really good. Um, but I do just want to take a few minutes to talk about, sorry, there's a bird that is really distracting me. I hope it's not too annoying. (laughs) He sits right outside my window and just, yeah, that one, that one. Um, but if I wait for him to chirp, to stop chirping, I'll, I'll be waiting all day. What was I saying? Right. So I, I just wanted to take a few minutes um, before I end this episode just to talk through some of those emotions that came up for me because I wasn't expecting this. I actually, in that moment, started to feel a lot of shame, which surprised me because I feel very proud of my sexuality and uh, wanting to live my best sex life. I didn't think that these, I didn't think that I would feel ashamed of that experience. I, I thought I would feel proud of it and I am proud of it. But in that moment, it was shame. I felt like the best way I can explain it is that I felt like I wasn't allowed to have enjoyed it. That in order to make up for the dirty, naughty thing I just did, I should show that I'm embarrassed and full of shame. Isn't that weird? Like, I'm the person that is 
Like, fuck yeah, go get it, girl. Like, enjoy your life. Have those amazing sexual experiences. But in my exhaustion, it just, this shame piled onto me and I felt like I'd done something that I wasn't supposed to have enjoyed. I also started feeling really inadequate, which this is the thing that I anticipated might come up for me. And I'm glad it didn't come up during, but it did come up after. It was that thought of just feeling really self-conscious, like, oh God, was I enough? Did they have a good time? What if I just made a fool of myself, especially because I feel a bit drunk and maybe I actually wasn't very good in bed and, oh God, this is embarrassing. Like those sort of thoughts came into my head. Now, um, I think this just illustrates that like the importance of aftercare because I just needed a good cuddle with my my boy um, and he made me some dinner, which I really needed. Just having some food made me feel a bit better. Um, the other thing that really helped me was um, the boys. I'd ask the boys to take some photos and some videos and I was a little bit hesitant to watch them back because, oh, God, what if they're awful? Um, and I watched them and... They were so fucking hot. I was like, oh my God, I look amazing. I can't believe that's me. And this is the fantasy that I've had for years. And look at me living my best fucking life, you know? So watching those videos back really helped me realize that, no, this was fun. (laughs) This was great. Um, And again, it gave me that permission to have enjoyed it again. Like I, during, I really enjoyed it. It was that after that I started feeling that shame. And once I'd processed that a bit, I was able to give myself that permission to be like, no, you're, it's okay that you had a great time. That's what this is about. Lastly, having a bit of a debrief with Slade and also with Richard via text the next day, just reminded me how much they both had a great time. We all did. And From there, I was able to walk away from this experience feeling extremely fucking positive about it. Hopefully that's helpful. I really wanted, as I said at the start, I really wanted this episode to just be a real account of what this first time experience was like for a real person. It's it's not porn. It's real life. And sometimes emotions are complicated. But at the end of the day, I was able to process all of that really healthily and come away, like walk away from that experience, feeling really positive and knowing that I just did something really awesome for myself and that I'd really like to try it again and again and again and as many times as I fucking can because who wouldn't? It was great. (laughs) All right, guys, I think I've been talking for ages, so I'll leave it there. Um, Just before I go, I wanted to let you know Next week, I'm going to be doing a show about free use, the free use kink. Um, I was going to do that this week, but obviously I had some other stuff happen that I thought was more of a priority. So next next week, going to talk about free use. This is a really popular kink. Um, I'm seeing it a lot coming up on TikTok, weirdly. But free use is, like all kinks, there's a huge spectrum of like intensity. So we're going to talk about that next week. Um, and also the reason I wanted to talk about it is because I've just released a new audio fantasy called used. So I'm looking forward to doing that episode. Um, till next time, play safe, have fun, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, I forgot to say before I sign off, 
if you'd like to hear some more of the details, the more personal details from this experience, I did get pretty personal in this episode, but I left some stuff out. Um, you can find, I'll record a video, um, of me having a a chat about that and pop that on my website, harleyrabbit.com. Just click members backstage. All right. Bye. Turns out I'm into it. Into it. Into it. Thanks for listening to Turns Out I'm Into It. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to hit subscribe and leave a rating and review. This will help other people just like you to find this podcast. If you have any comments or questions, you can reach out to me on FetLife or through the Harley Rabbit website. My name on Fet is Harley Rabbit, or one word, or you can message me direct through the website. Go to harleyrabbit.com forward slash podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show. I will be back soon with another episode exploring the wonderful world of kink. Turns out.